Welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so happy you're with us today. My dear friends, one of the hardest things for us to understand as we go about our daily lives is that the next plane of life is actually pretty much in the same place where we are right now. I can remember being small and imagining my great-grandparents being way up there sitting on clouds and swinging their feet. But of course, that's not the way things work at all. What we think of as death is basically nothing more than changing channels. It's as if right now our minds are tuned to, let's call it channel two. And when our bodies die, our minds will tune to maybe channel four. And there they'll pick up a whole new solid reality in what is exactly the same place. Reality really does work pretty much as we know that television works. And just as there are hundreds of television channels, so there are hundreds of energy levels. And this material level of reality is the lowest energy level of which we are aware. At least I think that's true. Still true. I don't know. We'll ask our expert today. Actually, we aren't aware of it, where, that there even is a top. So those that we love who have gone before us are very close to where we are. And simply they're they're just vibrating at a higher level than we are. When they want to be close to us, they can lower their vibratory rate and draw very near to us. So when you have a thought or a dream of someone you love, he or she has lowered his vibratory rate to be very close to you. For the first half of my life, horses were very big in my life. We lived next to a state forest, and my favorite horse was mine from the age of six months old. He was six months old, not me, until he died when he was almost 30, and that was Bo. There was a little period when my children were teenagers, and we had, I don't know whose idea this was, but we had the fun of breeding three mares that we had and rearing their foals. And the last of those three foals was a Morgan. We named him Immortal Figure because he was a solid bay. He looked just like Figure, who was the first Morgan horse. When our Figure was five, I gave him to a wonderful woman who gave our Figure a wonderful life. And he was a wonderful horse. But then when he was 27, Figure de developed lymphoma. That was just last week. And a few days ago, he had to be put down. Actually, it's a gift to a horse when you put him down when he can't even eat. He's, he was sick. I was a little glum to hear that they had put him down, even though I hadn't seen him in many years, except in the pictures his owner kept sending me. She was she was wonderful. But last night, my beau, I hadn't seen him, of course, in many years because he had died when he was 30. My beau gave me a very vivid visitation dream. He came to comfort me and to let me know that figure is there with him now. And Oh, my goodness. Beau is beautiful. I had forgotten how he looks. He's beautiful. Our favorite pets can come as our deathbed visitors. And my my Thomas tells me now that I'm going to get to ride out on Beau when my turn comes. 
you know, I'll, yeah, I'll get to see my my human, my human loved ones, but I can't wait to see Bo. And seeing him last night was so vivid. I had almost forgotten what he looks like. Bo is a Morgan too. He's a dark liver chestnut, if you know about horses. It's sort of almost black. He has a lot of flaxen in his mane. And I saw just his his head and neck, and I got to hug him last night. He's a gorgeous horse. Well, I'm sorry. I just had to tell you about that visitation dream. My dear friends, our guest today for the 36th time is our beautiful friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan. And our topic is going to be what is really on my mind today and very close to me today. And that's really something that's always as close as our next thought is it's it's the afterlife. Craig, welcome to Seek Reality. I feel as if I ought to be saying welcome home to Seek Reality after 35 Seek Reality visits. Yeah, it's been a wonderful time, and I've enjoyed every one of them, and uh, I'm hoping that we can continue these until we're in our hundreds. <laughs> hundreds! But, and, but by then, I'm hoping God's ears, every, my friend. Yeah, by then I'm hoping everybody knows what we're trying to tell everybody, so that uh, the word has gotten around, humanity has changed, and people are enlightened. <laughs> Everybody's enlightened. If the thing about the thing about what we're trying to teach people now is that it's right here. It's right with us. I mean, I got to hug my horse last night and he's so beautiful. I can't get over how be- I had forgotten what he looks like, but I got to see him just last night. Isn't that something that's just, I, I mean, unbelievable, but, but I got to see him every bit of him. He's so beautiful. Yeah, it's wonderful. And uh, the all of our loved ones are that close to us. So they are imminent. They are a thought away. And we will have them come to us. And we can communicate with them at any time that we want to, as well as our, our pets, our animals. Uh, they are with us and they communicate. So in this life, as we communicate with them, they will be able to communicate back to us. And in the next, we will communicate with them telepathically. And so they're, they're very vocal about what they're, they're saying. The, there's an instance in which um, a man had gone on to the next life, and he's communicating back now and telling us what happened when he went on. And he says that he, he sat in a room with a woman and was speaking with her for the first time after he had made his transition. And there was a cat sitting over in, in the corner of the room. And the cat said to him, welcome, I'm very pleased to see you here. And at first he was nonplussed. He couldn't believe what had happened. <laughs> you know, the, the cat was talking to him. And so he, he said, that cat just spoke to me. And the woman says, well, of course he did. And uh, so they, they will be able to speak to us then, but they can also speak to us now and they can visit us. And that's what the wonderful experience that you had. Isn't that great? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm used to it now. That's not the first time that I've heard from Bo since he died. And and that's the kind of thing that people need to be open to. I mean, yes, I loved him when he was here, but knowing that I haven't lost him at all is such a beautiful, beautiful thing. I mean, if you love your animals now, just wait until they have gone ahead of you and you get to talk to them and they get to talk right back to you by mind. It's just something that you and I are used to. I mean, it's not anything unusual to us. It's beautiful to us. And I haven't yet called my friend who, who's, who, who thinks she lost figure. She hasn't lost him at all. I mean, he's, he's right there. And Bo just wanted to make sure I knew and let her know that figure's just fine. He's running around in a pasture today. 
And what happens is that. when we make the transition and we then awaken on the next realm of life, all of our pets come to us. So they will, all of the pets that we ever had that we love, any, any animal that we loved is there waiting for us and they will come to greet us when we make it to the other side. And that sounds like a fantasy, but it isn't fantasy, it's the truth. It is what we receive in messages from people living on the other side, people living in the next life. So we have the witnesses there speaking to us and they tell us that these things are true. And so every one of our pets is going to be jumping up on us or, or being with us when Unless we make Unless they're a horse. The horses don't do that. Unless a horse. That horse. You don't want the horse jumping up. There's another, <laughs> there's a story of, about a horse uh, that Leslie Flint had a man come through. Leslie Flint was a direct moist medium in the middle of the 20th century. And he would have people come through and speak audibly within the room. And we have recordings of their presentations now from the other side. And he had a, a man come through and, and he said, uh, he described who came up to him and greeted him when he first went over. He said he w woke up in the middle of a field and he looked around and didn't realize what had happened because he had just transitioned, he just passed away. And then he saw somebody coming in the distance and it was his horse, Nellie. And Nellie was the first person to come over and greet him. Uh, and he also said, he also said, and there was somebody coming to greet me and it wasn't one of my ex-wives, thank God. <laughs> But it was Nellie, his horse, and, and because he is a rag and bone merchant, which means that he had a horse and a cart, and he would go around and he would gather up rags and bones and things and sell them. That was his occupation, and Nellie was his horse. And Nellie had passed into the next life, and uh, he was devastated by it. But here she was coming in to greet him. I think anyone who has loved horses knows that horses are some of the best people. And they really are. They're they're lovely people. And um, Bo certainly was. Uh, he was he was my dearest friend when he was with me. And knowing that that I'm going to get to be with him again is part of the joy I have of looking forward. And if you have animals that you have especially loved, uh, I think one of the the joys of learning that life is eternal. One of the special joys is knowing that that you you're going to have those those animals that you loved in your life again and that they will be very much a part of your life and especially if i think especially if you've you've if you've loved horses uh, knowing that is 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 a, is a special joy um yeah I, and they're taken care of uh, on the other side there uh, pets especially pets are taken care of by the family members who are already there so any pet that you that you have uh, have said goodbye to at that at the last transition, then they are waiting there. They're being taken care of by loved ones, by family members. And immediately when you go over, of course, then they they relinquish control of the, of the animal to you, and then you stay with them. They they stay with you, and they uh, they live in the same circumstances that you do. And so it's a it's a wonderful time with all of our pets as well as all of those that we love. We have a great, wonderful reunion that happens, and we can all look forward to that. Yeah, it, it's going to be so. It's going to be so great. Mm -hmm. But I just couldn't get over it. Bo knew that I would worry about figure, and he wanted to make sure I didn't worry. Isn't that wonderful? Oh Lord. Anyway, I'm sorry. I've just been uh, all morning. I've been thinking about that and thinking about how wonderful Bo looks now. 
Um, the, the, the color he was uh, often has flax in the mane. And uh, so he here he is almost black and he has his white in, uh, all through his mane. Beautiful. Anyway, so we're going to talk about uh, to, we, 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 one of the things as we work with uh, Seek Reality Online is we're finding that there are a lot of questions people have. And, and some of those questions regard animals and regard children. One of the things people worry about is, you know, um, if I've given up my child here, I mean, who's taking care? of the child there and and in some cases um our children are are being taken care of by people that we love and uh you know by by grandma or someone who's there but in a lot of cases there isn't someone to take care of 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 our child so so uh there are beautiful homes there where there are special for for i mean if you've had a miscarriage if you've had an abortion those Babies that never saw life here do see life in the afterlife, all of them. There are special homes where they grow up there. They don't take as much time to grow up there as they they uh, took to grow up here. Usually it takes in earth years, maybe eight or only eight or ten earth years, and they grow up there and they uh, they look over us. They watch over us. They're like a guardian angel for us. Uh, and they they love us and they think of, of us. If, you, if you're a mother or a father here of a child that never saw life here, they think of us as their parents still. And, and they're waiting for us and they will greet us when we get there. Now, maybe that's not good news if you had an abortion, but nevertheless, uh, that that child will be waiting uh, and lovingly welcoming you when you get there. So you can look forward to that. Yeah, and we actually have recordings of people who have met their uh, loved ones who have not come to term, and they're uh, some surprised to see that they're there. There's one woman who had uh, come through and uh, uh, one of the Leslie Flint uh, archives, and she had come through and, and said uh, to her husband on this side of life, who was sitting in the room with Leslie Flint, she said, uh, there were two children who met me when I went over, and and I was very surprised. Their names were Sybil and Peter. And then I realized that they were the miscarriages that I had had. And I didn't think I had any children. And here I was, and I had these two wonderful children. Oh, and, they, wow. and they greeted me then when I went over to the other side. It was It's a wonderful, we have the recording. And uh, and I have the recording and, and play it for people. And it's on some of our literature. Uh, but there are many recordings like this uh, that show that the people who don't come to term, uh, if they are loved, if they're loved by the family, loved by the mother, then they're born into the next life. And as you say, they grow up there until they're into their prime of their life, which is in their teens or 20s. And, and uh, then they will stay at that whatever that ideal age is for them. But uh, they're waiting for us on the other side. And we may be surprised at who's there. Right. Maybe happily, maybe less happily, but uh, something to look forward to nonetheless. Mm -hmm. now, now, yeah. what, what, another question sometimes people ask is uh, whether dogs grow spiritually. Um, and what, how, what, how would we answer that, Craig? Yeah, the, uh, all of our pets then are with us in the next life because we love them. They are very attuned spiritually. They're attuned to us spiritually while they're on this side, much more so than we realize. They're much more attentive. They understand much more than we realize. And they've explained that to us. When we go over to the next slide, the people who have communicated back to us say that my pet, my pet dog, 
then it told me that he was, uh, he understood everything that was going on in my life. He felt bad for me when this happened and he, he was with me and, and wanted to give me comfort when something else happened. And so that they are much more attuned to us than we realize that they are. And so then they grow uh, as as companions for us. Everything about the, the pet is oriented towards us and our love for them. So they grow as companions on the next plane of life. And they are with us for as long as we are going to be there. And they will stay with us through the remainder of our eternal lives if we want them there. And uh, they will continue to grow and, and become more of the spiritual being that we know that they are when they transfer, they transition over to the next life. But but they are really, they, they don't need spiritual growth in the same way that we do. They are not, um, we, spiritual growth is more something that we are, we need. Um, we, we are told that they are, they're they're not at least I don't know how to put this, Craig. They're they're not they're they're more they're simpler beings in in the sense that they don't need to grow spiritually in the same way that we do. Right, exactly. And the, their existence, their lives, then are bound up in ours because it's our love for them that gives them that sustains them. And so they continue with us and they will stay with us as we grow spiritually and they will be remain attuned to us during that time when we're growing spiritually. Uh, but they, as you say, they are not the same kind of a being as, as the human beings. And so they don't grow spiritually in love and compassion. They have all the love and compassion already. They don't need to grow into it. Uh, and so then they are sustained because of the fact that we love them. Perfectly said, <laughs> as always. Mm -hmm. Another question we sometimes still get is, uh, when are we going to be able to talk with dead people with the cell phone? Um, how is electronic communication coming along? We are already doing it. We're having very good success. In uh, the primary researcher who's doing the work now is uh, Sonia Rinaldi, the researcher from Brazil. She's also, she's taught Sherry Pearl from New York how to use the same technology. And they now are recording the voices of, of people from the next life who are speaking to us. And then we have the recordings now. Sonia did as many as 163 recordings for parents of their children in the next life speaking and they recordings are now available we can listen to them so that that's going along very well the the idea of having a cell phone or a, a phone that you can dial up the the people in the next life is is something which is not coming to fruition that it was an idea uh, that did not work and uh, it, so now it's kind of laying fallow out there we have had communication through instruments so there was an instrument called a Spiritcom, and a Spiritcom was technology, and the people then were from the next life were able to communicate to us through Spiritcom, this device, and so it was a two-way conversation. You would speak back and forth. Uh, it was a, a man named George Meek, and the medium that was working with him named Bill O'Neill, and this technology was very successful, and they communicated with uh, a... Um, a person who was a physicist uh, on the other side, his name was Doc Mueller. 
Uh, and that, that technology then is lost now. It, it has not been revived, and it, and it should be. There's so many of these things that we have discovered that we have gotten, and we have made them work, and yet they they lay fallow now because of the fact that nobody has picked them up and worked with them. There's no money for this kind of work, unfortunately. The, you know, people don't don't fund projects in which you're trying to talk to the dead. And as a result of that, then we're not able to take these things in, in technology and revive them and make something of them because there are some wonderful opportunities right now that people have are using. And if we can just get the funding to be able to do this, then we can make tremendous advancements. We're not going to have a cell phone uh, and we're not going to have an app that you start up and, and you're able to communicate vocally with someone living in the next plane of life. But we can communicate with them through the devices such as the one that Sonia Rinaldi is using and that Sherry Pearl's using, and they're being very successful. So we can follow through with those and make much more of those. Very exciting. It's just, uh -huh. it's always been, it's always potential. It's just beyond the end of our noses. We just never quite get there. But you're right. All it takes is money as someone who's willing to invest in it. Um, my, my theory is that it's not going to happen until someone selfless is willing to invest the money without uh, deciding he's going to make a bundle from it. Uh, he's willing to invest without uh, uh, a thought of his own um, somehow making a bundle from it. Then then I think it, it may work. Um, yes, that's that's what it's going to take. I mean, there there have been grants to um, prove or to provide the proof that life exists after the phenomenon called death, uh, but they're naive uh, and they're they're very narrow, and there are only uh, awards that are funded uh, for uh, very, very scientific explanations that that uh, that involve the brain and and uh and the neurons and and none of that makes any difference they simply don't understand that what they're looking for is not there uh, and so they're not going to find the mind in the brain they're not going to find no. the mind that somehow uh, that's in the brain and, and survives death what they're going to have to do is change their paradigm and realize the fact that that we are not the body we are not the the, the brain and that we uh, will continue to live on after the body ceases to exist. Uh, and so when they can finally come to the realization that that's true, then they can start to fund things that are, that are worthwhile. But so far, it hasn't happened. Yeah, it's just really sort of silly when you think about it, because uh, it, it's, it's, they keep doing the same things over and over again, expecting a different outcome. And we know that never works. So... Uh, in any event, we will continue to do what we are doing, and uh, we don't expect a different outcome. We expect uh, always the truth. That's all we always look for. Yeah, and we know we, we have the, the evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. So we have the evidence already. We have the recordings right. from, from speaking from the other side. We can, uh, psychiatrists now are, and psychotherapists now are able to link people to their loved ones on the other side. They're able to have them sit in a room with them in a, a normal counseling situation, and they put them into a state of mind in which they can have their own afterlife communication. It's 98% successful, and it reduces yes. grief uh, in one session from uh, ratings when they rate the grief at the beginning in a 10-point scale. It's going to be 10 or 10 plus plus plus, very strong. 
and by the end of one session, because they have a communication with their loved one living in the next plane of life, at the end of one session, it reduces to a zero to three. And amazing. It, oh, and then, and I've talked with them myself. I can't believe yeah. it, but it really is true. Yeah. They, they, their their grief is transformed into I know I know I talked with him I know she is fine. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean the proof is in what they actually say about what happened with their grief. I, I, Craig, I can't believe it, but it's true. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. And there's one uh, of the people we actually have a video of a woman describing what she went through. Uh, that also is in our literature, and all of this is on SeekReality.com. So, uh, when when we are working with the uh, the Seek Reality effort, we're going to make all of this available to people. And uh, there's one woman who had gone through this ex this experience with a psychotherapist. She then was united with her daughter who had passed away in a car accident. And she walked with her and walked down to where the accident was and they walked away from it and, and they continued talking and they were having a conversation with each other. And when it was all done, then she, she sat up and was rocking in her chair saying to the psychotherapist, that was her, she was, that was her, I was with yes. her, I, was, I held her hand, I spoke to her. And she was just delighted by the end of it. When she came into that session, she'd come in in deep grief. By the time she came out of it, then she was just uh, ecstatic about the rediscovery that she could have a relationship with her daughter, who is now living in the next plane of life. Yeah, no, it, it it's true. I mean, the proof is in what they actually say. They say, "No, I know it. I know it's real. Now I know it's real." It's just like hugging my horse last night. There's no question. He's just fine. And I know. I I saw him put down. I saw him dead, but he is alive. There's no stone question that I hugged no. him last night. He's just having the time of his life, and he's been dead for 10 years. And what, we what have these conversations. We can have them with people because of the fact <laughs> that we're doing it mind to mind. There is only mind. The physical realm is only mind. Right. We're having experiences, but they are entirely in the mind, so in, the, in our universal intelligence. And so when we have the feeling of, of touching, of, of caressing, even kissing each other in, in these circumstances, that happens in the mind. It doesn't yeah. happen in the body. It happens in the mind. Everything so the, in the sensations mind. that we have in these sessions in which we're having a mind-to-mind -mind communication, the sensations of kissing, of hugging, of, of uh, touching the other person, and these are real sensations that people have. They're just as real as when they are on Absolutely. this Absolutely. There's yeah. no question about that. Mm -hmm. There's there's absolutely no question. And and I, I think that once you've had it happen to you, there's no way anyone could talk you out of it because it actually did happen. That's the difference. There's no substitute for certainty. There's no way anyone could talk you out of what's real. And what really happens is what's real, and it's really in your mind. All of it is. And, and it's becoming more and more common now. People are having more and more of these experiences. As they have the experiences, then they're spreading the word. They're telling, telling other people about it. This phenomenon is, this is going to grow in the same way that it was necessarily took a period of time for the notion that the Earth is not the center of the universe yeah. to grow. Right. 
So right. beginning with Copernicus, which is in the 16th century, uh, all the way through Galileo, which is in the 17th century, it took that time, it took, it took centuries for people to finally get the idea that the Earth is not the center of the universe, that there is a solar system and that, and that the Earth is rotating around the sun. The same thing is happening now. The same thing is going to continue to happen in an understanding of the fact that we are eternal beings having a spiritual experience. And that, that during this time, we are only taking on roles. We're only being part of this in ways in which we had planned before we entered the Earth's sphere. And that we will then will continue uh, without, a, without blinking an eye when we continue to the next plane of life. And so people are beginning to realize that. And eventually it's going to come as a grassroots understanding it's going to come up from the people who are going to be understanding it, who are having these experiences, who know they've connected with their loved ones. And that's when we're going to see a sea change. Humanity will change and have a new understanding, just as we know now that, this, that the earth revolves around the sun. Right. And it's self-evident. That's right. People are starting to ask, too, what because... You know, you look up and you don't see anything, any place where it all could be. It's obvious, it's right where we are. And it's like changing channels. Well, when you're looking at channel four, there's a reality there. Well, when you change to channel five, there's a reality there. Well, it's just in the same way that there's a, there's a whole different reality when you die. And people want to know what that reality is like. So let's tell them what that reality is like. How solid is it? Yeah, it's wonderful because of the fact that what we're on right now is the spiritual plane. The earth plane is a spiritual plane. And so we mustn't think of it as being this is life and then there's an afterlife. Uh, this is a spiritual plane. We happen to be going through our lives on this spiritual plane. We then graduate by transitioning, as you say, through changing our focus into the next spiritual plane. And the next spiritual plane is just as solid as this. Matter, <laughs> yes. and, matter and energy, what we know as matter and energy now is actually consciousness. In the same way, when we go on to the next plane of life, then it continues to be consciousness. And so we have bodies and we have people are in the streets and, and they live in houses. Right. There are, there are phenomena such as uh, instruments that are playing and there are flowers and animals are all around. So everything is exactly the same as it is here, except vastly more wonderful. Everything right. is just so much better than, than it is here. And that sounds like it's paradise. And in fact, that's what it is. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, among other things, um, everything is permanent. There isn't anything. There's not no, no decay. Nothing um, does. There, there are beautiful plants and um, they don't decay. I, I, they're, they're permanent. Mm -hmm. Um there are wonderful colors that are not seen on earth because they're beyond the visible light spectrum. Um, my mother died in her sleep and she woke up in a house there and she didn't, she had to be convinced she had died because uh, it, it all seemed so normal when she woke up. It was like, Oh, this is lovely. But they, they had to, they had to talk her into the fact that actually she had died. But of course she had a lovely young body. That was one, one little clue. Uh, she wasn't old anymore, um, but that's that's how lovely it is. It's it's all it's all beautiful and it's yeah. all it's all new. So we can have we will have the same experiences if you can imagine what it would be like to be on the earth plane as we are right now. 
and that suddenly everything on the earth plane turned out to be beautiful. The flowers actually not only had scents uh, and beautiful colors, they also had music coming from them. There's, yes. there's an ambient music and that everything was, there is no dirt. Uh, the houses are, have no, there are no doors that you have to worry about uh, having people not enter. Uh, and, and if you can imagine this life that we're in right now on the earth plane, if you can imagine it suddenly changing to be like that. So it was a wonderful, beautiful world with colors that we can't even imagine with, with sounds, with music, uh, with people who are genuinely loving to each other. Don't even worry about having doors. If you can imagine what that would be like on this plane, that is what it's like there. It's beautiful. Right. And the, the water is not wet. It's like silk. And it gives off a, a beautiful uh, music. Um, it's life-giving. You can walk into it clothed and walk out of it dry. And it's alive. Um, Jesus says that to the woman at the well, if you knew who it was that would ask, it asked you for a drink, you, you would ask him and he would give you living water. He was talking about the water in the afterlife. Jesus was. Um, yeah. When I realized that, Craig, I, I can't tell you, I about fell off my chair. He was talking about the water in the afterlife. Yeah, many of the things that, that Jesus is speaking about right. were references to the afterlife. And, and the great thing, the wonderful thing about it is that those who are recording it, they recorded the oral tradition after, uh, after several decades. And uh, they recorded the oral tradition of what Jesus had said. They recorded things that they didn't understand. We understand right. today. But they didn't understand them. And that's a proof of the fact that they were simply recording what he had said right. because they didn't understand it. But they did record it. And now today we are beginning to, re to understand what it is that he said. Uh, he yes. said in the Gospel of Thomas that uh, the kingdom of heaven is spread out upon the face of the earth and men do not see it. Right. And, and the people then wouldn't have understood what that meant. But we right. understand it now. We realize the fact that the kingdom of heaven is a, a condition of mind. If we all loved one another, if we had compassion, if we were concerned more about other people than we are about ourselves, then we would inaugurate. We would be living in the kingdom of heaven right here on earth. And it's up to us. The only thing that holds us back is the fact that people are believe that they're separate from each other, believe that there is only this life and that there is nothing more. And we have to grab everything we can get out of this life. But if we could just eliminate those thoughts, begin to love one another unconditionally, we would be living in a heaven on earth. Yes. It's all it's all quite wonderful. No, he was he, he that I I think that uh, that it's it's very vivid in my mind even now that moment when I realized that uh, he he knew that that one little fact um, it, that's what made me first realize that uh, it 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 brought together my two hobbies which were studying the gospels and studying the afterlife and I realized he really knew what he was talking about. I don't, my life was never the same after that. Yeah, it changes you. It's, it's a life changing. And that's what he intended to happen. Yes. So he, he didn't intend to, to uh, give himself as a sacrifice for the atonement between uh, God and man. That was not his purpose. His purpose no, was to be an all. example, to be a teacher, to give us everything we needed to, do, to, need, to understand, and then to allow us to take that and then become even more, even greater because of what he had given to us. He said that you were going to be able to do things 
more, much more so than I can do them. Yes. And what he meant by that was, here's the teaching. I'm teaching you. I'm giving it to you. Now you can make much more of it in the world than I can make of it in my short time here. And we just haven't, after 2,000 years, we haven't gotten the idea yet. But we are starting to. And uh, the, this effort is, is going to come to fruition. It's going to be happening. And we're going to be seeing some of the fruits of it in our lifetimes. One of the things that we're, we've been asked to do and we're going to do is um, a separate part of the Seek Reality Online website is going to be devoted to um, teaching what Jesus taught, um, to the way, teaching the way of Jesus. That's what he didn't come to start a religion. It's pretty clear. He came to teach the way of Jesus, and that's what he called it at the time. Um, and the Roman, Romans, after 300 years, um, co-opted the way of Jesus and created Christianity, which uh, was, was a pretty brutal religion, uh, not at all what he had come to teach. And so what, we, what we're going to do is uh, teach the way of Jesus. Um, I've been, I always talk about um, that teaching, but a new book that is going to be coming out. And I, it's, I think now it's going to come out in the fall, but I've been talking about that book on secret reality uh, I, I, to come out soon. And uh, now I think it's going to come out in the fall. Um, uh, yep. and so Jesus, so his second coming is going to be when he's understood for the first time. I think that's what his second coming is going to be. It mm -hmm. certainly isn't going to be him on a white horse with a sword no. because it would destroy uh, every bit of what he originally came to teach. Uh, it would create spread fear on the earth and not love, and he came to teach love. We aren't sure yet, are we, uh, Craig, exactly how it's going to work, but uh, we're, we're being told by beings not in bodies of uh, what to do. And I, I think that uh, that this website is going to be what, what we're being told to do. Yes. So we're, anyway, we're about to, we're about to learn what we're supposed to do, but, but yes, people way above our pig rate are telling us what to do. And this, this is, this is all part of it. But before people understand what comes next, they can will not be receptive to understanding what Jesus came to teach because there's no possible way while people are living in fear that they can understand what Jesus came to teach. There's no possible way. Jesus came to teach love and love and fear are direct polar opposites. You cannot love the way Jesus taught us to love while you are living in fear. And of course, what Christianity teaches is basically fear, fear of God, fear of hell, <laughs> fear of so many things and that's yeah. that's going in the wrong direction so we are going to try to turn that around yeah and one of, one of the things that has to happen to us as we grow spiritually as we come to make this kingdom of heaven on earth we must give up on what we were taught as children so in other words and uh, the the all the old prejudices or the old ways the 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 old viewpoints about life uh, they have to go away and then every generation has to renew itself. It has to come to things anew because of the fact that this is, this is where we're going to have the growth. The growth of humanity is going to come from rejecting what it is that, that we had before and then accepting whatever that is valid, whatever that is in fitting with what we know to be true about life and about the, the life after this life. 
and then going on to become new spiritual creatures, new the new humankind, and every one of us in our lives must become a new creature. We have to become reborn. We have to become born again. Uh, and that born again doesn't mean that, that it's a, a born again belief in a faith. It means born again in the sense that we become a new person. And we do that by understanding, by searching, by, by looking at what we know to be true, and those on the other side are very much with us the whole way. So they're counseling us and, and giving us intuitions and, and helping us to grow into being all that we can be. All we have to do is be open to it, and they'll bring it to us. The, all the blogging I've been doing over the last 10 years, um, I've been trying to more deeply understand what Jesus taught. And one of the things, and I, I found it so hard to believe this, one of the things that Jesus seemed to be doing in the Gospels was uh, trying to get us past religions, all religions, and more and more that seems to be true, and uh, including including the one that, that bears his name, and I think that that's really true now. So we're going to we're, we're going to see if that's really what he wants to do. Um, the the book okay. that that we're going to come up with, I believe, in the fall. We'll see when. It, it, it's been written, it's actually been written and drafted, um, I think it's close to final form, for the past four years, and it's called The the Fun of Loving Jesus, Embracing the Christianity that Jesus Taught. Let's see where it goes, um, but I think that's where it goes. Yeah, he had wonderful messages for us, and most people don't understand them because of the fact that they've been taken up by the church, and they the church has placed its cloak over them. And so they look what the like what the church is teaching, but that is not what Jesus was teaching. His his message was a wonderful message, uh, full of love, uh, full of nothing having to do with fear, nothing with exclusivity, where there's only a, a certain number of people who are right and who are good and who are going to go into the heavenly kingdom, and all of that, that that was taught by the church is simply not true. And so as the church drops off then, and we take that cloak off of the teachings of Jesus, we're going to find a glorious, glorious set of teachings that are going to make a difference for humankind. But it'll only be what Jesus taught. Mm -hmm. Nothing that anyone else taught. <laughs> if it's only what Jesus taught, then it, that's, that should be all good. And that's, that's the way it needs to be. But anyway, uh, you and I have sort of gone off on a, a little, in a little tangent. Let's sort of finish what we were saying. People ask, people ask, what are the kinds of, of wild animals that are there? There are wild animals. There are wild animals. There are all the animals that we're familiar with and more. But all of the animals that we know, they are not afraid of each other. They do live in, in a, a separate area. Uh, and then, so it's rather like a forest, rather like being in, in an area like that. But you can walk up to the animals and they, they have no fear of, of us. They have no fear of each other. There is no death. There, we, there is no uh, eating of, of flesh, of, of that sort of thing. The animals are very much akin to us. They are a part of our lives. And so we can go up to and pet the lion. And we can we can uh, pet the, the all of the animals that we would be fearful of here on the earth plane. So the the animals are there. Every one of the animals that we're we're accustomed to, we can go out and spend time with them, and we can then communicate with them because they do communicate with us. So so you could pet a lion. Yeah, you so you can pet a lion. You can <laughs> give him a That's scratch fun. behind the ear. 
Yeah, and uh, and they're very receptive to it, you know, uh, because of the fact that there there is no fear, and there shouldn't be any fear. Fear is something that, as you say, fear is something that is in the earth plane. We were reared with fear. We were raised to believe that we must be fearful, and that's one of the things we have to eliminate. We have to stop and, and, and say, no, wait a minute, I, there's no reason for me to fear. I certainly shouldn't fear God, uh, but I shouldn't have to fear anything else. I shouldn't have to fear what's going to be happening with me when I've left the body behind. The fear has got to go. And so what we have to do is reject the fear, reject the fear that we grew up with, and then embrace the love and embrace the, the hope for the future because we know what's going to be happening and it's glorious. And, and we get to do a lot of traveling and we get to do a lot of, of, of sort of just enjoying one another, enjoying these, these animals, um, just, just playing. It's playtime when we first get there. Yeah, this is the time when it's our reward for the lives that we've, we've been living, uh, for the, the crucible that we're in now, the difficulties that we're in now. So this period of time in the next plane of life, and, and some the uh, theophysists called it Summerland. Uh, in this time in, in Summerland, it's a time of recreation. It's a time of renewal, of, of coming to the next stage of our lives. We continue to grow spiritually and actually have classes and we have speakers come down as one uh, instance in which uh, the all of the people who were interested came together in a huge auditorium and they listened to Martin Luther speaking. And uh, they have other speakers who would come like that and who would teach. So it's a time of learning, of renewing, of, of having our, our acquaintances and our loved ones around us. There's recreation. So people actually, uh, there are motorcycles and there are boats that are on beautiful lakes and, and uh, the sea. And they propel themselves, but not through using fossil fuels, but they, they propel themselves by the, the thoughts or the intention of the person who is who motivating them. Uh, who is actually running them. Uh, and so all of these things that we love, everything that we love uh, on, on Earth is available to us, and then we can enjoy it to the extent that we want to, and we're not required to have anything there. Uh, and so then the, the next life then is going to be a life of recreation, of, of time of renewal, of learning, of growing spiritually, and of loving everyone who's around us, all people love one another there. And, and my mother-in-law, who was a child of the Depression, there must be stores, because she said, you can buy whatever you want, but you don't need money. And I thought, I thought, what a wonderful thing for her, because she, as I say, was a child of the Depression. So see, that would have really inspired her, that she thought that would be just the best thing. You didn't have to buy, you have to use money to buy things. Yeah. There's so, no bartering through money. There's no bartering with money. And uh, if you want to have someone come in and, and redecorate your house, then just, all you have to do is ask them to do it. They do it out of love for you. And so they just come in and work for you, and, and, then, and they're enjoying it. They're, they're, it is a loving act. Then they enjoy it equally with the person who's receiving it. So everything that's done is done out of love, uh, out of a wish to serve other people, uh, and the interesting thing is that these things like construction and uh, because houses are constructed there, uh, things like construction can happen either through the intention of the person uh, or they can be come through the labor of actually making things happen. There's one man who was a bricklayer and he is in the life at this life and he wanted to continue bricklaying. He just loved bricklaying. 
And so then he would help to construct houses there made out of bricks. And the workers who were around him, the other workers there were, were using their intention to have the bricks laid so that the, they were laid. And he didn't want to do that. He just wanted to fill those bricks in his hand. He wanted to oh, he would those bricks. mortar on them. And so, and because he wanted to have that, the bricks were available to him. So he Isn't continued using bricks and, and slathering them with, with the mortar. And he was loving every minute of it. He was a bricklayer in this life. He was a bricklayer in the next life and just enjoying every minute of it. And here's another little oddity. If there's something you miss from this this life of uh, some some toy, some some little possession, just think of it and turn around and there it is in your house. I don't know why that happens, but that happens. I think it's because they want to make sure that you don't pine for something. But but whatever it is, you can have it. Um, then you don't pine for it anymore. Yeah, um, we can we can eat if we want to. If you really enjoy food, then you can have food. If you don't want food, you don't have to have it. We don't need to eat food to, to maintain the body and the next life. And, and so if we want food, it's simply there. We don't have to ask for it. It simply is there because of our intention, because of our desire to have it. Same with drinking. Uh, people actually describe smoking, smoking cigars and pipes, but they're not deleterious to your health. And they don't affect the atmosphere. There is no smoke affecting the atmosphere. But the sensation is the same. The experience is the same. So whatever it is that we want, it, everything is simply there for us. Uh, and it, it sounds like it's a, a fantasy uh, because of the fact that we can't imagine that here. One of the things we had to go through in the earth plane is to struggle. We had to struggle to be able to make money or to struggle to have a house or we had to make the, the, those efforts to do it here. And so we think it, it must be the way that existence is, but it's not. And so then when we come into the life after this life, we, what we want, what we need, what we desire is simply there. It's simply given to us. Craig, we're coming to the end of our time. Um, what do you want people to take away from, other than the fact that it's terrific there, what do you want people to take away from today? Yeah, all they have to do is be open and understanding. So in order to, to really have the same conviction, the same understanding that we have about the life after this life and the fact that uh, we are living a life now that's in preparation for the, for the next life, in order to understand that and realize that there's nothing to fear, that we're going to continue our lives there, our loved ones are going to be with us, our pets are going to be with us, to understand that, we just have to be open and look for the truth because the truth will come to us. The truth is there. It, we can't mistake it. And so if we're open and you keep looking and you keep listening and you keep studying, then you will eventually come to the truth and you will have the same strong convictions that we have after our knowledge that we have gained through the years of what life is like in the life after this life and that we are destined to be there. And it's so much fun. I mean, knowing the truth before you ever get there is the most fun you can imagine. It turns everything into fun. I can't be, well, as you can see, you and I, whenever we get together, oh, my heavens, it's so much fun. Oh, my dear friends, we have come to the end of our time, but we're going to have Craig back really soon because I just can't get enough of doing this. This is the best. Please never forget, my dear friends, that you are a powerful eternal being you never began you never will end and when you really get that truth everything 
changes for the better. Next week, we're going to be talking with Rob Blackburn. And for more than a decade, he's been sitting in... How long have you been doing the, those circles, Craig? We've had the circles for 15 years. Wow. Yeah, 15 years we've had our circle. And, uh, and we've had the real results, the real strong results have been in the past seven years. It's called the Circle of the Masters of Light. And that's the name that was given to it by the beings who are not in bodies, because a lot of the people involved in the circles are not are not in bodies. It's a long process. But Rob and some others in that circle, including Rob's son, Alex, are turning out to have some wonderful native gifts. And more recently, Rob has been doing great work and having profound experiences in other seance groups as well. This is going to be terrific to catch up with him next week. You are not going to want to miss this. And of course, this week, for the 36th time, our wonderful, irrepressible friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, has been with us. Craig is the world's leading, as you can see, expert on all things afterlife. And right now, he's working on perfecting the details of Seek Reality Online to make it as easy as possible for you to truly master what it has taken me. It didn't take Craig as long, but it's taken me more than 50 years to learn the hard way everything that, and I still don't know everything Craig knows. One thing about having known something for so much of your life is it becomes second nature to you. But we know from all the emailed questions I get every day that what we always have known is still not a mystery to many of our listeners. That's why Craig and I have been trying this week to demystify a bit more of the afterlife world for you. The world we enter when we leave this one is easily as wonderful, more wonderful than this world is. And it's just as solid. It's even more real. So you have a lot of happiness to look forward to, my dear friends, and so much joy. And of course, it's time now to mention once again that Seek Reality Online is your one-stop resource for all things afterlife. Just go to seekreality.com and start to learn for yourself what really is going on. That's seekreality.com. And learn the fact that you really are eternal. It's impossible for you ever to die. The Afterlife Research and Education Institute is Seek Reality Online's great nonprofit cousin. And we have a lot of fun doing this. I think that's the best part of it. That this is it turns everything, everything about being alive into from a from a tragedy, which it often is, into a comedy, no matter what. And if you want to talk about anything at all, just go to robertagrimes.com and contact me through the green contact block. And meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Just please enjoy. Please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful eternal being, and you in particular in all the universe, you are infinitely loved. You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.